Yo, what is going on, baby? Welcome back to another new money movement. I'm back at it again. And how y'all doing? Was down in Houston, you know what I'm saying? I know Christian told y'all that. I had a good time. I really enjoyed myself, man. It was, it was really, really fun. And uh, I made a sort of a, a provocative video on um, you know TikTok, Instagram, talking about how much more expensive Canada is in a lot of ways in the US. And uh, a lot of hot takes came out of that, a lot of comments, a lot of people have a lot to say about, I, I think I, you know, I mentioned Texas and everybody uh, is up in arms about, you know, everything, uh, you know, Texas related right now and United States related. And so to mention them to say that they're like better than something is quite controversial. <laughs> and uh, of, of course there's nuance to it, healthcare and, and all that kind of jazz. But feel free to go watch that video. I think um, th there's a lot of angry people. I pissed off a lot of people, but that's the nature of what I do. You say, you gotta say some hot shit, talk your shit a little bit and uh, see what people think. And, and it was certainly interesting, but that is nothing to do with what we're talking about today. So let's just dive on into it. And again, the market still seeming to sort of bounce along the bottom here, hovering around 20% down for the year. You know, as we close off the first half of the year, I think it was one of the worst, you know, six month periods in or first half periods since the 1970s. So in about 50 years, I believe it's total loss for the first half was 21%. The Dow uh, was extremely poor overall in terms of historical performance uh, from half. Again, none of that really means dick. But again, if we're talking historically, Thursday's losses capped off stocks, worst first half since 1970. A uh, stunning reversal of the rally that lifted the markets around the world for the preceding two years. Investors place much of the blame on inflation, of course. You know, a lot of people are calling for further losses. The 10-year fell as well from 2.973 from three. And so, I mean, that's not really that that relevant but really it's 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 pretty remarkable the US dollar though seems to be flourishing under all of this a lot of people fleeing to cash and if you look as a Canadian at the US dollar it seems to be appreciating significantly I think it's at a dollar 31 right now let me let me have a let me have a check here USD CAD it's around a dollar 30 and so if you look at the past year so it's definitely significantly increased it was about a dollar 23 dollar 24 this time last year and now it's up to 130 so again really it does fluctuate a lot and and it seems to be we're sort of in this limbo period uh, but yeah a lot of the historical facts on how this is the worst period ever you know everybody likes to whip that out and, and make things seem really poor than they are and 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 technically speaking the first six months have been even if you're a stocks and bonds portfolio you know even if you look at data going back to you know from like the 1920s 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s like it is i'm looking at a chart right now of the rolling six-month returns from 1926 to 2022 and yeah we're historically speaking we're damn near the bottom of some of the worst periods but again we're investing for the long term, guys, and I think purely uh, how your returns are going to be and you're going to look back when you're 40 or 50 or whatever, and you're going to look back at your returns and how you've performed in your assets. It's pretty much significantly, if not purely derived from how well you handle corrections, bear markets, market crashes, how you are conducting yourself in these periods, because again, all the wealth is created in the rebounds. And so if you're fleeing, you are going to fuck your returns up for the long term. And again, this is something that you should be 
cheering in a lot of ways. This is a sale that I refer to it as, and you should definitely do your own research. But again, as we are watching the market, I'm going to continue to talk about it, continue to give you guys updates. But remember that this is exactly what you want as an investor. This is exactly what people have been calling for and, and praying for and hoping and doing a rain dance for, for these kinds of levels. Don't let it go to waste. And you know, make sure that if you're not gonna go in, you have a really goddamn good reason why. So another headline that I saw that was super interesting to me, so Biden seeks to block new offshore drilling in Atlantic Pacific. So I don't know much about oil and energy. I'm starting to learn a lot more. I'm starting to be a lot more interested. So I'm going to try to cover some more stories. It's definitely a hot topic right now, especially with Russia and Ukraine and, and the issues going on over there and that infecting the energy market significantly. And people are starting to reckon that, hey, Yes, we have these climate change initiatives and we have these goals and targets and emissions and all that kind of stuff, but we still need energy, right? I think Biden campaigning like crazy and talking about sustainability and environmental impact and all this kind of stuff. And it looks as though this plan that he's seeking to do is there's he's going to block new drilling or leasing or things like that. But he's still going to continue to allow limited new oil leasing off Alaska, Gulf of Mexico. And again, I think the oil industry is like, OK, that's better than what we thought we were getting. That's definitely not exactly what we, we, we would want. But again, you know, the United States, Canada, you know, every country is is investing back into their domestic capacity is realizing and they're seeing what's going on in Europe that you really can't rely on a country like Russia or, you know, we have huge ties with Saudi Arabia, the United States does, Canada does. I mean, with energy and, and it's like we have the product, we have technically speaking the capability. I mean, there's regulatory oversight that restricts what, you know, oil and energy companies can do. But technically speaking, yeah, we could go and just rip everything up and just drill, 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 and create a ton of, you know, uh, oil and, and energy and, and, you know, sustain ourselves a lot better and become a net exporter and, and things like that. Again, I don't know much about, you know, the energy sector with, with Canada and the United States. So the net exporting, importing, all that kind of stuff, I'm not too well read on. But from what I understand, there's been a significant pullback in the industry because of the environment and, and push for environment and climate change and things like that. And so, you know, I, I have friends that work in energy that they feel like they've had shackles on them. And even if they are trying to move in a, in a productive way, it's been extremely difficult to work within the regulatory frameworks that are starting to come and some of the more ambitious climate change goals and, and things like that. I think you're seeing a, a lot more people realize that nuclear energy wasn't this big bad thing that everybody should avoid at all costs. I mean, again, you know, you look at Germany, Germany, Germany is facing a fucking crisis right now. And a lot of countries in Europe are facing an absolute crisis because Russia seems as though they're shutting off the pipe and, you know, it's it's okay now, right? But once the winter hits, I mean, Germany's looking at tens of thousands of people dying from, from not having enough, uh, you know, sufficient uh, heating and power and things like that. Like it's an absolutely devastating scenario that's occurring right now. And it looks like they're, you know, looking to other countries to try to help support them and things like that. And that's how we come back to the United States where they could increase their production and, and help uh, other countries and things like that. But there still is the sort of consideration that they want for the environment and, and things like that. So I think it's a really interesting story. I, my personal take is that 
I mean, again, it's hard to make these grandiose stances without having, you know, great data on both sides. But from what I can tell, I think there's an insane reliance on countries that we shouldn't rely on, we don't have to rely on, and we should be doing it in our own way. And I think that especially for Canada. And I think that we need to keep in mind the immediate term. I know obviously for you know, long-term, I'm definitely pro, you know, environment and climate change. I feel very passionate about that and all that kind of stuff. But we have to understand that like there's there's economic concerns here. We need to invest back in our domestic capacity and, and strengthen that industry that's gotten absolutely vilified over the past decade or two due to the concern around the environment and things like that. And I think you're even, I mean, I was listening to a podcast now where there's an executive I mean, nobody my age or younger wants to get into this industry. It is, it is, there's just no pipeline for talent. It is just a big bat, like the most unethical place in the world, big oil, all this kind of stuff. And so much so that you're looking at these stocks and these energy companies having all-time highs and, and executives that are in their 50s, 60s looking like, hey, I'm at all-time highs right now. I might not get, you know, it might not be this good for a while. I might as well retire when the going gets good and, and cash out. You know what I mean? And, and now you're having this, now you're having this un, yet another shortage. And it's a shortage of talent that could play out over the next 10, 15, 20 years that could be significantly impacting, you know, the people who are running these companies who are still, it's still incredibly integral to our economy. And because of this vilification of the entire energy industry, right? Other than, you know, clean tech and things, or clean energy and things like that, more so like oil and energy, the ones that still power our cars and heat our homes it's devastating because it's like well what who's gonna do those jobs joe schmo like anybody who wants to work there can work there are we gonna have our executives running these companies that are just like is there no is there not gonna be any competition there like anybody can just be an executive at these companies running this huge important thing like i'm kind of rambling right now but i it's, that's genuinely what i feel like when i was listening to that and it's like we need to get our heads out of our asses and, and understand that we can invest and manage and still you know understand that energy is really important to any economy while also balancing the environmental considerations as well and so it's going to be something to see how this plays out and my brother was talking to me you know is there any sort of existential threat that you see that could you know really plunge us into it in, into a huge pullback and you know real estate's obviously one that did it for 08 and there's been other ones uh, recessions and pullbacks as well i think there could be diamond in the rough here not diamond in the rough that's not the right saying sort of like a if i were to make a black horse prediction i would say an energy crisis absolutely i would say an energy crisis that i can't even fathom could be brewing right now that could cause mayhem and i think that's the one sector that nobody really talks about or, or, or you know in terms of that sort of thing but i think it certainly could occur and it's that important enough and that integral to, again to our economy that you know an unseating or a, a devastating blow to that industry could really really fuck us over <laughs> and, and really you know throw us into a significant pullback if you guys are looking for a new credit card that's awesome and gives you great cash back, you're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield, a good return on your money for, I mean, 
it's not gonna give you 10%, but it'll give you something. Then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of the products. They are, in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, so, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, want to build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. So guys, I don't know if you are traveling, you know, a lot of airline companies are getting a lot of heat right now. I, th <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. I mean, for some people, it's just been absolutely ridiculous. Some of the flight, I mean, I flew to New York a few weeks ago and my flight was delayed almost five hours and then it was delayed three hours coming back you know brutal timing but it is what it is it's they're just trying to like deal with all the demand that's coming through another reason why the economy's fairly not doesn't seem like it's a recession because everybody's traveling and there's so many flights that i think air canada's canceling hundreds hundreds of flights a day i saw that pearson airport is like the second highest airport in the entire world for delays right now which is unbelievable and i was at pearson when i flew back from houston it was a breeze like i i was telling my i was telling my girlfriend or i was telling my girlfriend that like you know we were joking around i go we didn't just go through customs we went through costco i mean they just checked it off i walked right through it, it was just like they are really getting the message in terms of like hey we need to speed things up here i'm telling you they, I, I print off a little sheet check went through guy took the paper i was gone i was in the uber like it was it was so silky smooth now this was a sunday morning right probably running the easy, you know lightest days and everything like that i'm telling you you know yes there's a huge amount of delays baggage delays people getting lost a lot of negative press but you know you got to be strategic with the days you pick and so i think keep an eye out for this sort of like traveling thing because again a lot of flights are getting canceled there's tons of tons of delays baggage things like that so try to travel strategically uh you know try not to get too you know i mean traveling on sunday to sunday i found is like really good day sunday mornings really really good day i've personally found but you know keep that in mind for yourself and then also you know be mindful of the you know entitlement that you have to some of these compensation if you get pumped from your flight or something like that make sure that you know your laws and you know you you know canada or, or the united states or wherever you're from uh, keep that in mind for sure and so an, another unfortunate thing that I, I just want to mention again, it's it, just a huge story. There was a, a shooting that happened in a Chicago suburb uh, yesterday, you know, killing six people, injuring 30. Uh, I mean, it was at a parade. I mean, it's just disgusting uh, what's what's happening. It seems like there's one every single day, one of these mass shootings, and it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to stop. I mean, you know, you know, everybody around the world is looking at this and, and is thinking, what is going on in the United States? I mean, this is just getting out of hand. Are people getting emboldened by these shootings around, the, you know, the country? Are they seeing these, you know, are these freak shows seeing these shootings and, and, and getting motivated to go out and fucking do it? Like, it's it's disgusting and it's it's so terrible. And I mean... If you're in America, I mean, it's happened in Chicago, it's happened in Texas, it's happened in New York. It's it, no safe is, you know, no state is safe. And you can 
you know pontificate and and talk about all these you know reforms and everything like that but i don't know is is that new bill that they're trying to pass going to do anything i mean again guys this is just like random this is just like a you know a, a big story it's not really too much to do with money um, but it's just something i i wanted to talk about because it's just so fucked i mean and it's definitely something that you know is is scary it's extremely scary just to like walk around i mean schools malls parades you know fuck like you can't go anywhere without worrying like and having the slight thought in your mind and maybe there's some fucking whack job here and as this continues and it really seems like it's every week that some a massive shooting is occurring when do the americans start to actually be like i don't want to go outside because I'm, I'm scared I, i'm sure a few of them are a number of people it, it's just unbelievable and so you know you can only fucking say you know thoughts and prayers so many times before you're like this is just unbelievable and you know fuck all of this like we we need to do something drastic this doesn't happen anywhere i mean this doesn't happen pretty much anywhere else in any first world country this doesn't occur at all and so it's it's just i don't know it's unbelievable and i just you know i talked highly of, of texas earlier in the show and i mean that's one thing that's fucked is that you could just like you could just have a you know open carry like whatever gun like you could buy like a pack of bubble gum down there it, it is you know it's the fucking americans and their second amendment rights man it's well guarded and it's something that i don't think is really gonna change that much i, I don't really see what's stopping from this from continuing to happen and i don't know what politicians are going to do about this or how they're going to curb this significantly from happening and so i think it's just so in, ingrained in american culture and you know that their, their liberties and, and things like that which is a good thing in general but i mean i i don't know it, it's just kind of a bleak i always like to give a positive spin on things but this is just one where i'm like i guess we'll see Jeff Bezos also going after the White House over the weekend as the world's third richest person. Who the fuck is the second richest then? Richest person. Is it that uh, gas guy, Carlos? Oh, Bill Gates. Maybe Bill Gates is richer than... Uh... Oh, no. It's the uh, Louis V guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernard Arnault. Arnault? I think and family yeah he's worth like 145 billion but yeah yo, those guys took huge huge hits with all, with the stock market pulling back i think the top i think billionaires or the top one percent or something like that lost like 1.4 trillion dollars in net worth which is pretty insane but yeah jeff Bezos seems to be continuing to go after joe biden and, and so in a tweet on saturday biden said this is a time for war and global peril uh and uh he's basically talking to gas companies and joe biden tweeted bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now bezos responded and said ouch inflation is far too important a problem for the white house to keep making statements like this it's either straight ahead misdirection or deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics now personally i think he's kind of right here bezos in that but biden's basically pointing the finger I, I, again these companies a, a lot of the pricing at the pump is supply and demand and a lot of the russia stuff is fucking up the, the supply side and so they you know barrels are, are quite expensive and even when they drop in price it's not immediately affected uh, reflected in the gas prices now again could there be some shady 
stuff going on, of course. But generally speaking, you know, when 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 oil was negative, when barrels of oil were negative, you saw the, the implication on the price. You know, you know, it was like 50 cents a liter, you know, <laughs> or, 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 you know, I don't even know what that would be like one dollar fifty a gallon or two dollars a gallon or whatever it was in 2020 purely based off the, the supply side and so th there is that huge thing and again energy companies are making out like bandits right now a lot of those stocks are all-time highs you could argue they're holding up the market right now but it, it definitely seems like biden's just trying to get some heat off him and saying you know it's the big bad corporations that are fucking you it's not the fact that we you know this country printed you know trillions and trillions of dollars and inflated you know inflation in a bunch of other areas it's not the fact that there's a war going on in a massive massive gas rich country no no no. it's it's the big bad oil companies so i definitely think bezos has a point i'm very interested in why he's even talking to them though i mean he doesn't seem like a guy that speaks out much is he just trying to compete with elon musk in terms of being a figurehead or like a like a a person who's just chatting i mean it just doesn't like, what's his motivation? Does he have a political motivation here? We know that he owns the Washington Post and he has he has the deepest ties anybody could have in, in Washington. He lives there, I, I think. And so he's been plotting and scheming for a while. So now going after the president, is this guy looking to make a political run? I wouldn't be shocked. He's working on a lot of stuff. But he has stepped down from Amazon. He's still working on the the space stuff, but that's probably a side project that he could do if he was to become a, a politician. You know, why does he say this stuff? Why does he say this stuff unless he's thinking about that, right? Why does he, why, why? He, there's just no point for a guy like Jeff Bezos to say anything like this other than to create, you know, some attention and to, you know, put himself in the light of the savior, the person that could figure this out and you know work us and get us through this I, I don't know i mean if donald trump can be president i mean how bad could jeff bezos be at it you know like i mean i mean it'd be like <laughs> imagine that jeff bezos president of the united states i mean i don't even know what to make of that i don't even want to speculate on that but that's pretty much all i have for you guys today so a bunch of really random topics but eh, i i, I kind of i'm excited to listen back to all the shit i just said so i appreciate y'all boy i love y'all but for now i'm out this mother peace <laughs>